conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roe.co slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Life is a cabaret and I'm never off key. Doesn't this look like Dorit's dog? It's Dorit's dog. I'm a doctor. I don't get it. Tell me again what it is. 
like the backstory is that it's like if there was a Vanderpump Dog spinoff, that would be the Doctor John oh, Snow's Sasa. Uh huh. That was that was what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> I, the issue is that I wrote one and then I was like, oh, I think I used this on an episode before. So that was what it came to me as I buzzed in. You guys. <laughs> what a way to what greet. What a way to start or end or middle our Friday. You guys, it's Andy's Girls episode 97, <gasps> which reminds me I need to talk to you, OG of the AG, Damien Bellino, writer, p- producer, senior producer of VH1 and co-creator, co-host of You Might Know Her From, I need to talk to you about episode 100 because I don't know what the fuck to do. Oh my gosh. I mean, your listeners, um, from what I've been following on social media, have really been providing a lot of great ideas. ideas. I call the listeners all Someone said like a live show with seven housewives and I was into that suggestion. Actually, okay guys, so it's episode 97, thrilled to be back. So I actually (laughs) just realized that I asked listeners what they thought we should do for episode 100 because I'm assuming you will be a part of that if you're available we'll just delay it for like a month and a half um okay so episode 100 ideas one a sincere (laughs) a sincere attempt at favorite housewives episodes of each franchise my favorite word of that sincere I love it. Everything about us is sincere. Amen. Um, in an interview with the current New York housewife, that will not be happening in the next three weeks but it's gonna happen um uh asking talking about which housewife is the biggest scammer doing a top 10 phaedra yeah amen well i don't know about that doing probably mikhail mikhail oh the salahis i mean if they're a part of the equation they're canceled i know they're canceled literally and figuratively doing a top 10 best and by best i mean fucking hilarious moments of andy's girls re-listening to some of your early episodes oh you and ryan Getting the news of Dennis dying (laughs) right in the middle of your deep dive on Bethany when Bethany's boyfriend died at Trump Tower while you were recording. People liked that. You trying to defend Bethany during the beginning of season eight and Damien having none of it. Anytime you and Damien fight (laughs) the Jill Zarin interview oh my god jill when, get her. when we do a deep dive into the psyche of the housewives maybe a top 10 moments and why a lot of people saying top 10 ogs of the ag discussing topic it's topics that have shaped andy's girls bethany uh, yeah feelings about bethany etc that's exactly what yeah, they said bethany and also just like the alphas um wanting to have multiple co-hosts all on at once oh p.s working on it won't happen for the 100th episode but there is some stuff so stay tuned another person multiple multiple guests are ogs of the ag only or julie klausner or brian moylan shout out to brian moylan who unfortunately for us lives in london town and i don't like doing phoners especially with co-hosts but some of you guys start a gofundme or venmo brian moylan enough for a plane in a hotel or whatever and plus his fee or whatever if he like has <laughs> on to fly internationally and we'll make that happen a three hour episode with one housewife guest one hour of discussing best episodes and one hour someone wants to Andy listen to Cohen. three hours i get people i'm into that person i'm into that person i get people who have re-listened to the whole thing since episode one more than once and to those people who choose to listen to the early episodes not because they're not entertaining but because of that audio i salute you salute that's isn't that impressive that's i don't remember what we talked about i was i was a child then i was just, yeah i don't even I was know a girl i don't even know not what the audio sounds like in my brain it sounds good still 
I never thought it was that bad. I think we both were like, it's great. <laughs> we started getting responses that were like, it's the worst audio in the world. And we were like, I don't know. I just don't see it that way. I don't know. It's special. There's a yeah. lot. So we're going to, guys, we're going to work on episode 100. My favorite thing about Andy's Girls, honestly, aside from everything, is hearing from <laughs> folks and their thoughts. I mean, the listeners really are. Where is your, like, do backlog. you have anybody who, I'm assuming you have DMs from people or listeners in like other countries other countries other continents we've got a lot of australia a lot of europe we've got some dubai we've got other places <laughs> that i don't remember dubai i wonder if they started to listen after the housewives took a trip there because they were big Catherine edmund edmunds fan what's her name oh yeah Edwards? yeah dubai Catherine. Edwards, I think. And then Dubai. Wasn't Dubai also on on Real Housewives of Melbourne? They I also never did. watched in Melbourne or Cheshire. It was interesting because I think the timing of it was like Australia happened and Beverly Hills. They were there at the same time. So they were like chilling Ooh. off camera. Guys, that might be wrong, but I think I'm right. Can anyway. Con- confirm that afterwards because I'm into it. Yeah. Somebody confirm that for me and <laughs> let me know what happens. Damien Bellino, how are you? Episode 97. It's huge. And, and it was a big week in Housewives for us. It was a big week. I honestly have to tell you, I feel not stressed out, but I feel like there was a lot that happened in the Bravo world this week. I mean, a couple minutes ago, it broke that Joe Judice 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 is not going home or to Italy when he was supposed to be released, I think next week, like the 14th-ish, because his appeal is still pending. So where is he going? Well, apparently the appeals can take up to a year. So during that time, he has to stay in prison or at an immigration facility. Oh, my God. That just happened. Bethany's custody battle is, like, the saddest thing that's ever happened. It's so dark and sad. Nini's unfollowed everyone in the cast. Except ex- Marlo. Except for Marlo and Shamari, if we pretend that she counts. Oh, I didn't see the She's Shamari thing. She's unfollowed Cynthia. She's unfollowed Tanya, who's a friend of, who we don't care about regardless. Th- there's just a lot of Do stuff. Do we think that Yo- uh, Yovana yes. is going to be at the reunion? I, I assume no, right? I assume no. I think the producers just told her to show up to places because they knew that Kenya's absence was felt and they didn't know what to do. So they were like, yeah, show up to this and like be a dick to people like Eva and whomever else and we'll appreciate it. I don't think she's getting a dollar for this. Uh, she probably gets an appearance, but she's only been in like two episodes or three, I guess. I know. I hate her. Um. So there's so much happening. What are your thoughts? So we had. Also, this happened once before and it was like the worst time of my life when it was like Potomac, mm-hmm. New York, mm-hmm. and I think was it Jersey and yeah. maybe Atlanta. It was, it was or maybe Dallas For and weeks. Jersey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dallas it was, was there. It was like the two. Dallas, New- Potomac, Jersey, and New York, I think. Okay, New got York it. premiered. It was like when we first started the podcast. It was and, I was, awful. and I remember being like, it was when we both, we were watching New York, but then other things started to premiere. So four were on at the same time. And we were like, this is it's hard. It's awful. It's awful. And also, like, hard to have a podcast about it, but also hard to like live your life and watch four hours of television. Right. And I watched New York and Beverly Hills specific. Like, I always watch each show twice. I'll watch it once for myself and then the second time with like thoughts of like potentially what I'm going to talk about on ag um without actually like putting pen to paper aka finger to phone and this week was tough 
because I feel like Jersey had a really strong reunion part three that included a lot of points, whether or not they were important or like not that I liked. But because New York premiered, Beverly Hills had a really strong, interesting, slightly confusing episode. And Atlanta happened in a way that hasn't existed so far, I think, this season on Atlanta. It was a strong episode for Atlanta. I feel like Jersey, unfortunately, took a little bit of a backseat just, like, in my brain and stuff. Because I was like, okay, Nene is giving us a lot, which I want to talk about. (sighs) New York was just a lot different from what I was thinking it would be. So I want to talk about that. And Beverly Hills, I'm genuinely confused right now. So it's like, I feel bad for Jersey. I mean, do we want to talk about Jersey a little bit? Yeah. I mean, full disclosure, I didn't watch the reunion um, part three, except that I saw oh, what Sarah just got news about <sighs> Dennis. No, it wasn't. About, Dennis didn't die again. Wait, continue talking. And I'm just going to verify that this information is accurate. She got, she has um, notifications on her phone from the Daily Mail and from... <laughs> <laughs> And from Radar Online. Um, this can't be real. Continue. Continue. I can't wait to hear what it is. Um, because if it's not real, she's still going to tell us, guys. Amen. Uh, um, yeah, I didn't watch Dallas except, I mean, um, Jersey, but I did see that they gave Andy's infant child a car that he can ride when he's sick. So that was nice of them. That was a really, Andy it was, was a, like it genuinely was, yeah, got a, a little verklempt, I always, which I, always, I liked. I always wanted one of those. So I th- wish that my dad was Andy so that I'm um, desperate women could give would give him gifts like that because I wanted one and my parents were like no I always wanted one and then I had to make do with a family friend who had one except it wasn't electric <laughs> you had to like use your legs underneath which was such <gasps> no that bullshit so I don't want to do rent. any cardio as a little person <laughs> I want to be able to ride my fucking car and then I think a different family friend did have one but it was like I think I was too old so I was trying to like wedge myself into the fucking car and I was probably like 12 yeah, and it just wasn't sure. a good fit it was my experience good fit. was like me being like 11 and trying to get in one because it was like a friend a family friend it wasn't great do you want to tell us the not real news i'm going to tell you the not real news after i search for it anywhere to see if it's true but i genuinely don't think okay so allegedly brandy just quit dallas but i don't believe that it's true she just launched that podcast with stephanie breaking news out of dallas did she do something to Leanne recently off camera and Leanne's like leaking this to somebody? I don't oh, believe maybe. that it's true. It, it might be true. Um, I think it would be strange if it was. It would not be great for Dallas if it was true because, you know, Deandra can't be the only person in a fight with Leanne Locken, you need to have somebody else. And Brandy is so unpredictable and fiery and like almost Sonia-esque with the drunken sloppiness. Where did you see it? I found a tweet about it. Um, A listener just said, I need your thoughts on Brandy quitting Dallas. Yeah, it says rumor has it that this, maybe this is your listener. I found this. Rumor has it that Brandy left Dallas. They recently started filming. Her Instagram doesn't have the Dallas hashtag anymore either. And then the person said, I saw a rumor that a lesbian is joining. Cool. Way to a lesbian. A nice. A lesbian who might also be a person. (laughs) It would be great. Remember that lesbian that was on um, OC for no reason? Um, The season where one of the housewives uh, was spitting in food so the other one couldn't eat it. Was it Alexis spitting in? what was happening? 
It was that woman who worked at a gym who was like a sassy Latina and she and Tamara kissed one time. So then Bravo was trying to see if she could work full time. So she was like a friend of or like a cameo plus. She was super dumb. It was terrible. I I think that's the only lesbian housewife um no jersey had a housewife that was um she wasn't a housewife but oh she, yeah, yeah, yeah she was somebody that i think was Jacqueline. testing she was testing to be an um a mm-hmm. housewife both of them were the robin her, maybe was her name or I something i think it was like christina and jacqueline or christina sure. and robin maybe whatever but it was a couple uh, it was a couple and they i think both tested to be housewives and then i think that they ended up both becoming like friends of yeah they weren't they went great. on a trip they were not i mean that was was that the second season with siggy or the first season i can't remember i think it was the first season because the second season siggy lost her mind it was or, yeah because margaret wasn't on the season that the lesbians were on so it was the first right season. so it was the first season that were um where siggy and dolores had just joined and then had those women also yeah that was a rough that was rough tough stuff that wasn't a great season. Yeah, I mean, um, you know who said that they were into being a housewife? Who is a lesbian? Would be was Tab- Tabitha. She, oh, from Tabitha Coffee from hair she, stuff. She said on Watch What Happens Live <clears throat> that she would want to be a that she would be like into being a housewife. And Andy was like, "Well, where do you live?" And she said, "Jersey." But what? And she then, doesn't live in L.A. And then he was like, "Really?" And then he was like thinking about it. And he was like, "I would be into that actually." And then she got another show that the Family Business, which I watched, and um, I got canceled. And I got moved to Fridays. But I love her, and I I don't think she would fit in with the New York house. I mean, the New Jersey housewives. But I would love watching her eviscerate like Teresa. She reminds me of like being the female Jonathan Anton. Do you remember Jonathan Anton's show on Bravo Forever Ago, where he was a really nasty, mean, yeah. bitter hairstylist? Wasn't well, she was he, born out of one of those shows, wasn't she? Wasn't she like? Yeah, she was. Wasn't she a contestant on that dumb sheer competitive? Genius? Yeah, that might have been what it was. I don't remember. Not fact checking any of it. It wasn't great. Yeah, guys. Today the theme of today is just gossip. Just we're talking. So, saying it out loud makes, makes it true. So Brandy, I guess, I don't know. We, maybe she quit. Maybe or she quit. Maybe she was fired. Or maybe maybe she's just like <laughs> holding out for a negotiation for a contract. Or maybe her husband was like, no more, please. Or maybe the baby started to talk and was like, mommy, what? I mean, she does have like an infant. And also like maybe it wasn't, a, maybe they like rethought being on the show when she was trying to adopt a baby and like all that stuff was happening. I also, I also think Brandy feels stuff more strongly than anyone else, which is a benefit to us sometimes as viewers, but also a detriment probably to her like heart and soul where she gets so invested in things and goes from zero to a hundred. And I wonder if something happened and she was just finally like, no, this is not, I can't do this anymore. Sort of similar to Jacqueline who either quit or was fired and tried to come back yet again and was dec- whatever, whatever happened with her where it's just like, you got so Jacqueline into Lareda. it. Yeah. I see that with Jacqueline. Maybe less I so Brandy. Yeah, yeah I think Brandy's manipulative. Uh, not that Jacqueline couldn't be also, but I feel like Brandy, I feel like it's an act. Her like, her. Being inten- sassy? I feel like her like deep passion or like her passion. Oh, isn't and, and real? Her, yeah, I think that it's like always conveniently like directed at Leanne's behavior. But then like she's also can be like really mean to other people. And it's and I feel like she can exhibit awful behavior, but then becomes like very. I don't buy it. I don't buy her like sensitive sensitivity. This is so interesting. It's just interesting to me because there were rumors at one point that Carrie was going to get fired and I was super against it cuz I think there are certain flavors on the show where I mean Carrie's great cuz she like I was into her more her this most recent season. Right. And she's not going to be the one who's like the loudest or more aggressive and she's not going to be the one who's necessarily stirring like all of the plot but she did she was the bone collector this season for sure she was but and I also just think it's good to have that flavor sort of similar 
minus being the bone collector with Denise Richards on Beverly Hills, where she's just I think it's too normal. soon. It's too soon with Denise. I really like Denise. I think I like Denise, but I think my concern is that she operates a similar place that Teddy did, which is like supposed to be the normal lit person to the crazy. And she's a movie star, so, like, I kind of would rather just have her, I guess, than Teddy because at least she has, like, Charlie Sheen she can bring in. To me, they operate – they in the past, like, she's bringing, like, the energy that I thought Teddy brought last season, which was, like, oh, okay, so, like, you're not – like, you showed up to this thing in, like, shorts. Like, you didn't – you don't get glammed up like the rest of us. To me, that's, like, the same vibe that, like, Teddy brought when they would be, like, we're going shopping. She was, like, I'm not that kind of girl. Like, that's how Teddy would talk. But I feel like Teddy's was, like, a little bit more of an act, and Denise is genuinely, like – because Denise is a quote unquote movie star and because Denise yeah. has more than a thousand dollars and all this other stuff, she doesn't need as much to play a role, even if that role is like a, a high, more elevated version of her own normal day to day personality. And because of that, you know, it's like when you were, you know, I'm an event producer and I've done stuff with theater on and off Broadway, whatever else, and a lot of corporate events. And I've worked with celebrities, whatever, and people always ask who is the most difficult. And from a performance perspective, it's never the A++ stars. It's never the award winners. It's always the people who are like emerging talent, who are self-conscious and feel like they need to project. And I feel like, not to say anything about Teddy, but with Denise, she knows who she is. She's comfortable in who she is. She's become successful because of who she is and she's lived in this environment for longer than Teddy who's new to it certainly Dorit or anyone else like she's already become a success so she brings that with her as not an armor but just her own acknowledgement that like I don't think she feels embarrassed or uncomfortable to be like I don't understand this whole dog thing like explain it to me or saying anything do else. you think that she's gonna have conflict with anyone at all this season what I if, don't what the know said? what does radar online said I don't know <laughs> Sarah's offended <laughs> that I suggested she reads radar I can't I'm so tired I've switched over to Daily Mail on page six which is giving me everything that's I for need. New York Housewives are page six for sure yeah they that's, love, they that's love their page ju- six. that's their live journal it's like they'll just text someone at page six <laughs> call it a day they all love it like even what's so interesting is that like everyone like even bethany is like they all especially use especially bethany not even but bethany. like also luann and dorinda love page six and and ramona they and, all love it and sonia they all literally all of them and her holiness jill's Aaron, circa yeah. um season three when a yeah. huge plot point was like who was leaking jill's sax ladies lunch to page six it's amazing to talk about luann looking great and jill being there um what were we talking about? Yeah, so so Denise, it's like, is she going to create conflict? I don't see it this season. Is she going to be involved in conflict? Maybe as a translator? I mean, like, look at Camille. Camille allegedly gets into it with Dorit. And I think Rinna about Brett Kavanaugh. I don't know how much of it is Brett Kavanaugh and how much of it is, honestly, Camille standing up for LVP and being like, you guys, everybody has sucked at one moment in life. So I have been, you know, like, are you necessarily going to get an apology? No. But should you move on from this? Yes. And I wonder, I mean, I just think that Camille is going to be more in the deep end with these ladies than Denise is. I think Denise is just introducing herself to the group. Maybe we'll see Charlie. She's got her kids, one of whom has special needs. And she'll be there. So what do you think of today's... I'm sorry, today. What did you think of this week's episode um, where the plot started to thicken about the dog? And mostly it was like that 
the LVP, the women really think that she was orchestrating this. I watched it with friends, with two yeah. friends, with my roommate and his boyfriend. So not friends, people who live were in the space that I live. <laughs> people in. were contracted on your lease, but to watch who, they were. And you know, the question was like, is LVP really smart enough to orchestrate all of this? Are these women like these women seem crazy? Like they're really trying to bring her down. And I was like. Yes, 100% she's smart enough and she's done it so many other times before and this time like they are trying to get ahead of it to like be like, hey, we see it happening. And my roommate's boyfriend did not see that and I said, it's going to be a rough season if you're here when I'm watching this because we're not an LVP house. <laughs> <laughs> but I just like it was but that was like, oh, so like this is what this like is this episode is this episode like turning everybody or is it just like I'm so firmly believe that it's LVP is doing I don't know. You're looking at me in a way that I think that you've turned over to Team LVP. I, it's not that I've turned over. I just find myself very confused. I mean, I posted as an Insta story, who do you believe, Teddy or LVP? 54% said Teddy, 46% said LVP. And that's, I understand why it's close because I find myself having read LVP's blog, Teddy's blog, which is literally bullet points and screenshots. I am a little bit not conflicted. I'm just a little bit confused. I'm honestly just a little bit confused. I was riding hard the train that like LVP was the mastermind against uh, for everything with this. And I just think that might be true. But she also had participants like there were passengers on that train. Now, Teddy at that dinner showed a cropped screenshot, which was a mistake. Mm -hmm. She says that that was because she wanted to like steer focus. I think it was because she didn't want to show the fact that she was talking shit about Dorit and had some role. Then Ken brings, what's his face? John Blizzard's tax printouts of the Texas or whatever the fuck he says to (laughs) LVP and it shows a couple things. It shows that it shows that Teddy was a willing participant in stirring some sort of shit about Dorit. But I thought it also showed that LVP was heavily involved potentially as the instigator because the text below the text, I'm insane. The text below the text of like Teddy saying she would talk about the dog. It would all come out or something. Was like once we get the approval Nicole or whatever and I will show the receipts which I'm actually saying out loud to myself Sarah you're insane for like focusing on that text and like thinking about it but also I think LVP like drove the train her co-captains were the Johns Sessa and Blizzard Blizzard offered an invitation to Dorit to join them in some capacity I mean sorry to Teddy and Teddy accepted that invitation because Whatever she was told, whether it was a lie or not, she knew that she was already sort of pissed at Dorit and had zero issue potentially burying her. And then Teddy discovered that she was maybe being used and LVP tried to play off Teddy's participation as a way to distract people from what was actually being strategized. And I find myself agreeing a little bit with LVP because Teddy was involved and a lot with Teddy because I do think she was being thrown in as like a sacrifice. Did you see the episode of Watch What Happens Live yes. prior to the 
um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills premiering with Rinna, Kyle, and Teddy. I did. And they someone called in and said, like, what is the who is who's who's gonna have a, a hardest season? And Teddy and Lisa Rinna was like, oh, probably Lisa Vanderpump. And yeah. She was like, but it's probably not gonna be good for you for a while, indicating to Teddy. So something tells me that like it gets worse before it gets better for Teddy. That like whatever comes out about her is incriminating and not great. Can I just um. I yeah I watched that episode and I was like that's interesting and um you know I read those blogs and Teddy's bullet pointed blog was like it included I'm just reading it right now um as you see confirmed in the scene with me and LVP on tonight's show LVP indeed did text Dorit Teddy knows yes I originally agreed to be part of this mess and asked John Blizzard I love that name, by the way, John Blizzard. I don't know why it just makes me so happy to have the dog there. I wasn't just going to bring it up out of thin air. They wanted to make sure I didn't tell Kyle as they wanted her to find out in person. There were calls and texts as the Johns figured out the plan with LVP and I waited for her instructions. I knew things weren't as they seemed that day, which explains her hesitation. When LVP started with the Teddy was gossiping stuff, I knew that this was being twisted in my direction. I'm now angry at myself and I'm like, I'm not reading everything, but I'm now angry at myself for going along with something designed to hurt Dorit, especially when the dogs while being well taken care of. I'm also angry that LVP would play against my hard feelings with Dorit. That's why this became about something other than the dog. Had Vanderpump just admitted she was upset with Dorit and wanted the story out there, then this would be all put to rest. And then she includes screenshots um essentially saying that of course Lisa knew that she uh, that she did speak to John Blizzard PS just sidebar for me Lisa talking about the fact that she has 400 employees she doesn't talk to these people yes you have 400 employees but you're filming with two of them on a certain day of course you're going to talk about what the fuck you're filming I mean like that to me is insane but anyway this is a very long-winded um version of saying I see both of their sides. I remain team Teddy, but I also think this is a little bit fucked. And I have to say as well, I think Lisa has some valid points about all of this happening. And Rinna's pushing everything aside because she wants to bury LVP and she sees this as her one opportunity. Erica Jane is like doing her best to be a good friend to Teddy. And she also has a vested interest in LVP being brought down. And I think it's interesting that Camille and maybe Denise sort of are the only people that are saying like, Dorit, what you did was like not okay. Like Dorit just softly introducing the fact that like she had another dog and then being like, but this one bit um, PK and Rinna being like, yeah, it's an example of you being a great parent. I thought that was yeah, stupid. But I also think it's worth noting Guys, we're like really conflicted. This is a very special. If everybody girls. close to a problem says somebody's an asshole, and the only people that are defending the person who is an asshole are assholes, are a new is a new person who doesn't know that asshole, and somebody else who is also like not super involved, which is Camille and Denise. Like Denise doesn't know the process; she doesn't know LVP. But Camille does. She Camille's knows. An OG. She knows. L- uh, she knows LVP as a coworker she worked with, but she also isn't around the way that everybody else is, and hasn't been in a real way in a long time. Like she sort of pops in and out. So I think that it's interesting to me that those are the people that are defending her. Like her closest friend is Kyle, and that it's like Kyle, Erica, Lisa, Rinna, Dorit, and Teddy—all people who've been on the last two seasons and plus with her. 
or all have all turned against her and like her only allies are a new person and somebody else who theoretically wants a job like Sonia or like Wait, Cameron. who's the new person that wants a job? Uh, not a new person, but I think that oh, Camille, Camille might oh, want yeah. full-time Camille wants status. To back. Camille wants so, to back. So aligning yourself as the only person is the way that Sonia was able to secure an in. Not like, not that she needed to secure a spot, but like aligning yourself with like a fan favorite who's a lone wolf is not a dumb move if you want to get promoted. I totally agree. And I think that there's... Actually, it didn't occur to me until just now that like Camille aligning herself with LVP allows her an entryway back on the show in a bigger capacity because she, especially if LVP leaves in mid-season, then she becomes the voice the voice box for LVP and being like, guys, give her a chance, listen to her. She will, like, you know what I mean? And I think that Camille is doing a great public service to the viewers because if it was everybody well, right, against LVP. Will, yes, and she knows that because she's like, the producers are going to love me because I'm going to defend her and they're going to be able to bring me into scenes to defend her. Right, and I love her for that. I mean, like, I'm grateful to her. Yes, but, her. I, but I think that it, the question then is how genuine is it or is it a calculated move to get yourself screen time and money? I think not it's that, a little bit genuine because I think Camille is like, you guys, some of you did not apologize to me for calling me a stupid cunt. I mean, like, I think that's what Camille is not. I don't think Camille is just saying this to say I words. I think the Dorit, I don't know. The Dorit calling, the uh, Kyle Dorit, I mean, sorry, the Kyle Camille stuff is different and was deep, more deep. Yeah, rooted yeah. yeah where Kyle's like you were a terrible when person was drunk and the ball right. gag thing she called her like a cunt was like not really a real thing when I just used the word cunt I wasn't actually even referencing cunt gate I was just thinking more generally that people have called Camille a cunt without using the actual word cunt yeah I mean it was it was Kyle we're and LVP explicit. right I just think I just think it's I think that make I not saying that I love Camille and I, I you mean, love Camille I mean I like Camille I, oh, okay. That's a walk back. I lo- I do love Camille. <laughs> I the Pre- Brett Kavanaugh stuff was hard for me, and I haven't yeah. seen it play out. But like, it was hard on Twitter and this stuff. Um, I can see that three star being added to iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> As we speak, how sorry. dare you? Um, but I felt. I don't know. I think that it raises a red flag a little bit that like Camille, who is like a friend of who wants to be back full time, is the only person along with Denise Richards who's like, guys, what's happening? It's like, which is why I'm not certain I'm not 100 percent sold on on Denise because of her being like, guys, what's happening? And I'm like, just agree with with LVP then that way she can have an ally who is like a full time. It feels weird. I mean, I have a couple satchels from yeah, listeners. Yeah, let's hear them, please. Okay, satchel from Benita in New York City. I heard you mention on last week's Andy's Girls, you believe it's happening in real time, that it was the first time Rinna fend out about the dog. I don't believe that. They cued her in and discussed what to say on camera. That's just my opinion. Yes, Vanderpump set up the initial dog scene, but everything since has been Kyle, Teddy, and Rinna plotting to take LVP down. I do believe LVP manipulates and has over the years, but I think this is reminiscent of Al Capone going down for taxes. There's no smoke here, in my opinion. I think there's a lot of smoke. I think that smoke is I'm I don't understand the I don't understand the satchel meaning in the comparison to Al Capone meaning that she's getting taken down for something that he doesn't believe uh, she's Lisa's getting taken down for something and Benita he he or she I'm sorry Benita I don't uh, or they they um (laughs) they they believe that Lisa's getting taken down for something that she might not have ultimately um conspire to do that that he actually believes that Kyle Teddy or she or they Mm -hmm. that Kyle Mm -hmm. Teddy and Rena 
are plotting to take LVP down and just saw an opportunity and are running with oh, it. Oh, fascinating. I don't think, I that, think so. I don't I think, think that's, that's the case, but I also, that's possible. Um, Another LVP, uh, sorry, another satchel from Sam, also from New York City. I have a question I need answered. Help me. Double exclamation point. Sam, we're here to help. This Beverly Hills stuff cannot actually really just be about the dog. I think there has to be something else major well, off camera, unrelated. Thoughts? Yeah, it's about yeah, the show. It's about right. it's about LVP's power over the show and over them and like their livelihood. And so I think that like that is, again, that is, it's almost would be more fun for me. And I know that a lot of people disagree with this, but like I am, um, you know, of the mind that like, let's talk about the show being filmed because let's talk about production because yeah. so much of the drama is, and I, again, and I don't want to be like a broken record, but like with all of those alpha housewives, like Teresa, Nini, um, and Bethany and Lisa Vanderpump, they have a lot of power because they're OGs and because they are fan favorites. And mm-hmm. so that gives them more, um, I don't know, cachet with production and with Bravo. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think that a lot of this is about that, that they feel like she gets good edits or preferential treatment or she's given options for um, spinoffs or pilots or whatever, whatever sort of deal she has with the network and or the production company. And um, I think that that is what this is stemming from. So, yes, are, it was Dorit's behavior questionable. I'm not sure that anyone's – I'm not sure if anyone's defending Dorit's behavior. I think some of them are. And Rina some, is, which I some think is of a mistake, are, but, but I think, from a moral perspective. But I think but. some of the other stuff is like, oh, but also – you did a fucked up thing, but also why were you doing all of this stuff behind the scenes with your weird, like workers to embarrass her on camera? Oh, is it because you're trying to like make this a storyline, but also not be the villain of the season? Because guess what? You're the villain. And LVP was like, Oh, she's known me for three months, which is like not <laughs> true. She's known Teddy for longer. And also, you know what? You pretend like you guys are best friends. She so, was like, Teddy bear last season. So that doesn't make you look good either there, sis. Like for it me, that's like for, like for me, LVP, that doesn't make you look great to say off camera when she was clearly, she was so mad. And to me, what she was so mad is like, that is you, why are you so mad if you didn't do something? You're mad because you did something and you're getting caught. And like Kyle, I wish Kyle could be a fucking boss and just be like, I wish Kyle could be a boss. I really like Kyle. Right I now. don't, but I like, like, <laughs> I like, there are moments where I see like the, she wants so badly to be the LVP of the show. No, but she's afraid to make that sacrifice. She's afraid to lose people. She's afraid to climb to the top. She's and, afraid a Sherpa is going to go. And down. I guess that's what makes her like relatable or lovable or herself because that's the stuff like that's like her and that's mm-hmm. as we've seen with her fi- family dynamic like that's her stuff she mm-hmm. probably carries with her mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I just wish she could have been like followed after LVP and then been like why are you so mad if you're running away you know what that makes you look like a liar and a villain and that's what's gonna happen and like walked off but instead she was like gosh it's complicated for me and then she like ran over and then we saw LVP unravel and for me I was like I'm nodding LVP is unraveling I think because whether how culpable she is or not she feels like she is being set up because she knows there's truth and she's mad that Teddy is taking trying to take her down with these other women who she thinks are annoying her I think that Kyle needs to borrow some of Erica Jane's balls yeah I wish that Kyle could take some I wish that Bethany could honestly get in Kyle's ear and be like you're great. They are good friends. They're good friends. I know. Since that's why. The 80s. I, and that's why I wish that she could be like, "You're great. You're rich. You have this. You have the hot husband. You have all of this." Like, Go for it. You you cast the show. Like you are the Jill of Beverly Hills. Like right. essentially, and you're still on. LVP it. and Bethany are like the, like Jill and Kyle are like the L um are like the centers that get pushed as- mm-hmm. got pushed aside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jill right off the show. Mm-hmm. Kyle is always you know left of center, and I think that that is. I think that is like in a way like her cross to bear, you know, like whatever. But 
speaking of crosses to bear, Lisa Rinna posted a fascinating Insta story oh, this God, week. Oh, God, it was delicious. Read it, please. Okay, Lisa Rinna. <laughs> Got in character by <laughs> saying the name. I can't. I'm a hustler. I make no bones about that. I think you get paid for what you do. So my feeling is if we are indeed servicing a spinoff, we should be paid for it. I am so happy for all of us to make to use this platform for makeup lines, bathing suit lines, network TV shows, restaurants, charities, clothing lines, <laughs> fitness empires, you name Salmon it. Salmon with cream cheese. Salmon with cream cheese. I support these women 100%. Oh, maybe she's going to get the 100% award this week. <laughs> but if you are going to use our services without telling us that we are playing out a storyline to launch a pilot for a new show and you do not compensate us extra for that period. Yeah, I'm a hustler. I get paid for what I do. So if this indeed becomes another show, my lawyer will be calling with several dollar signs. Rena, She's insane. I love her so much. So she thinks that maybe there's truth to tabloid rumors that LVP is getting some sort of like puppy hospital spinoff with like Dr. John or what? I think a little bit of this is a little bit of this is Vanderpump rules is the fact something that Rinna has expressed previously her frustration that LVP gets away with doing less because she's so valuable to the network and Rinna feels like she's doing 200% effort to like overcompensate for LVP's absence. And a part of this is if you reward her for walking away from this season by giving her anything, I am going to be fucking pissed. And I find that interesting that she posted that because that is a very public rebuke to BravoTV.com and her boo, AC, that she's not willing to be the fluffer for someone else's fucking happy ending. I think it's kind of great. I mean, I don't know like what it will do, but I think it's like a great it's I think about, I'm into you I mean, love the production it being called out and she's fucking calling this yeah, shit out. And I mean, I think also like Brandy Glanville was sort of a pawn in getting um, Vanderpump rules. I roll. Not no, not yeah. not not incorrect though. It was a backdoor pilot from Beverly Hills, and it, the root and the storyline was Sheena and Brandy. So I mean, it's not beyond that that this could be all a setup, and maybe it's not even an official thing. Maybe it was something that LVP was like, "We're putting together a sizzle reel." But if we have like a storyline that comes out of um, Beverly Hills, it's a better selling point. And I had a listener reach out that said, I wonder if Kyle believes Brandy's story now regarding Lisa and the tabloids. I mean, I wonder if this becomes full circle. For Is that some why of Lisa ones? shows up to talk to um, Denise? Because she's I mean, Brandy shows up to talk to Denise because she's like, hey, no one else will want to talk to me. But here I have to tell you this piece of information. That would be wonderful. I am 97.6% sure that is definitely not going to happen. I think it's just like a dumb. Just a way of getting like some fun brandy, like one liners in in a season. Yeah, I think that, you know, looking back, the producers are probably like, that's a missed opportunity. I wish that we had done that. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't think because this stuff is filming as it happens. I don't know that they had the foresight to connect the dots in that way when they're in like the middle of can filming can you tweet at kyle and ask her if she now realized now believes brandy 
like John- I like I want to know what Kyle would say to that if someone or can you call watching Heaven's Live next time Kyle's on? I want to know what Kyle would say to that question. Sarah's looking at me like Damien. Yeah, I want to do this, but like, how can I make sure that she answers? Me? <laughs> I mean, I can definitely, I can definitely. I'm just really curious. We like, can definitely she, do that. Yeah, I just want to know what she would really say and if she would believe Brandy, and also if we social media can pull Brandy on the show as a friend of Kyle. It would be interesting to have a follow-up conversation with our friend Brandy, who was one of the first housewives that we spoke to, and say, looking at what's happening now, do you and would you want to adjust in any way what you put forth on the show when you were saying that Lisa was manipulative? Just out of curiosity, was it better or worse than what you're seeing now as a viewer? Because you know she's fucking watching every episode. Much like Jill Zarin, I don't think yeah. Brandy can stop. I also think that, like, it's so ingrained in, like, their quote-unquote brands that, like, it's, like, they, like, they need to or they're not relevant and, like, whether that matters, like, whether maybe they shouldn't be, like, maybe they should, like, you know, take some time off, but... People want to stay relevant, so they feel like they have to talk about housewife stuff, even if they're not on the show anymore. Oh, amen. It's crazy, and they should. I mean, I guess, they not? but like Deshaun Snow also like was like, "I'm good. I'm not. I'm not interesting, and I'm just gonna like go away." Well, Deshaun Snow's husband left her for someone else that he quickly impregnated. Wait, on the show that didn't happen. No, after she oh. left the show, so she was like, "I'm good. I just need to fa- make sure that my kids are okay." Like Deshaun was not meant to be a reality TV show she, star. She was too sweet with her yeah, like she was like a regu- blank check to her. Yeah. preacher and doing yeah. a charity show where they spent a bajillion dollars and nobody donated and she was like genuinely hurt like Deshaun was like too kind I was just using an example of somebody who actually stepped away from no I think oh she's no she was fired someone who like stepped away from the spotlight not like maybe they were fired but someone who's like not in the public eye anymore someone who's not like still on Twitter or like tweeting and people being like you look amazing I'll watch what happens live and they're like oh you know, Gretchen Rossi said, you look great, Vicky. You know what I mean? Oh like, God, not, not those people. People yeah. who have Someone's sort of... less thirsty. They're yeah. already hydrated like, with their Maybe Joyce or Carlton Joyce. in a way. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Carlton, I think, is a good example. Because Carlton, didn't she allegedly... Or, or fucking Heather Thompson. Yeah, who, who sort of like took it back, you know, step back. Some of these people, even if they don't necessarily follow the show, still use their franchise's t- um, hashtag in social media posts. And I think Heather's one of the few that like really doesn't. Like when she's posting a photo of a fucking mountain that she's climbed, she's not hashtagging R-H-O-N-Y. She's hashtagging like believing yourself, <laughs> which and, I think is wonderful. Yeah, love her. Um, Just to wrap with this, I asked listeners, are you team LVP? Tell me why team um teddy tell me why so here are some team lvp responses teddy is the hall monitor of housewives those sketch those texts are sketchy as fuck um lisa orchestrated this but people on this show have done worse and they're ganging up this whole thing feels so dumb i'm so bored with it this is teddy's chance to shine wait what oh i get it teddy's chance to like be the devil um i feel really bad for lisa because Dorit deserves to be roasted and it's obvious that Rinna is pulling the strings for revolt and I don't believe Dorit's story, a deflection of her poor judgment and legal issues, which P.S. how allegedly we're going to hear about her legal issues because somebody asked Dorit that on Watch What Happens. And, oh, really? Yeah. And she was like, you'll she like totally pivoted and was like, yeah, you'll hear about that later. And it's absolutely not going to happen. Um, OK. And some responses to Team Teddy. Tell me why. I'm a child of the 80s. Always Team Mellencamp. All right. Oh, Is that Meg Ryan? Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've seen the quote unquote Texas hilarious uh lvp is a snake 
she doesn't um teddy doesn't have a track record of planting seeds of deceit and i'm not blinded by lisa's manipulation crazy the length she will go to to avoid apologizing if there's one person on this show who has a general allergic reaction like her bethany fish to apologizing it's lisa vanderpump Mm. who cannot do it without adding some sort of qualifier i was also assaulted that That's was... how she apologized to Eileen. She said, like, I, I, of course, didn't say that, but I'm sorry if I made you feel a way. I, of course, wouldn't want you to make you feel that way because I was also assaulted. If Lisa Vanderpump had just been like, I'm mad at Dorit for what she did to that dog. If she had just really said that instead of going so far in the other direction of like, I love Dorit. It's other people who are saying this. It's other people. I think this would be a different kind of story not to say that the story wouldn't happen but it would be a different kind of story than what's happening now but she just can't do it it's just it's interesting to me she just can't do it and I wonder for next season because I'm that person I can never just enjoy the present I'm always thinking about the future I don't see any possibility that she'll be back I don't see I think she's like fuck you let me focus on Vanderpump rules let me maybe leak um stories that maybe I'm getting something else so I can you know pivot away from this and distract you and call it a day I don't see her returning and I wonder if that's going to be our loss I mean what's going to happen if Lisa's no longer on the show Denise will have to figure out what the fuck's happening there Dorit is going to murder Camille or vice versa I'm assuming that they would promote Camille to full-time yeah I think so Kyle will be there Maybe Kyle they would bring will back have Maloof or Armstrong I think that it's gonna be season 10 or this is season 10 I don't know I don't, I don't I'm not good with numbers I think it's probably nine-ish maybe or 10 I don't know I don't care um is it I don't know what I'm the gonna fuck. Look up. okay I don't think Taylor Armstrong is meant for reality TV in the sense that she was probably fragile before it turned out her husband was like embezzling people, business partners and like investors or whatever. I don't know that we need to see that. I mean, I know that she married her lawyer and she still has the child and I think that's great. Mazel to her. She posts rare. She's actually one of those people when you talk about housewives who've left the show and don't necessarily mingle. She sees some of these women sometimes, but I think she like moved to Colorado or something. I don't think she's interested in coming back. I think she's doing whatever she's doing in her life. And I have no idea what that is. I would be curious to see Adrian come back, except that Adrian's main nemesis frenemy was her former next door neighbor across the street neighbor LVP. It would be sad to me if Adrian came back and it wasn't to have a sequel to Maloof Hoof against LVP. Similarly to the idea that maybe Jill Zarin will come back next year and maybe or one year and it'll be after Bethany's left. Like I think if you're going to have these people who had very historic feuds with fellow OGs, Mm -hmm. it's sad to me if it doesn't happen with that same person, you know, 10 years from the start. Can we transition to talking about New York? Because I have a question about it off the, or an offshoot of this. Oh, are there other shows that happen? See, this is the problem with this week. Bravo. It's like it's it's too much. You're giving us too much good stuff. I come from a place of no. Like there's just so <laughs> much for us. This is going to be that person, that listener. A shout out to you who said it, they needed to have a three hour episode um, for OG 100. 
guess what's coming three episodes early. <laughs> I can't stop talking about the dog. Okay, um, let us continue on to New York, which premiered this week. Damien Bellino, what is your question? What are your thoughts? My question Will is... Will I take off the card again? I'm wearing I'm hot. My question hot is sort of connected to New York, which is just, I was thinking about when we were talking about Housewives coming back, and I was thinking, who do you think will come back first, would come back? I don't know that either of them ever will, but who do you think would come back first to Housewives of New York in a full-time capacity? Jill or Carol? Um, A thousand percent without thinking about it, knowing that I'm so right. Like, I'm more right than I've ever been right in my life. It's going to be Jill's Aaron. Carol's not going to be back anytime. You don't think? Carol's pissed. You don't? Okay. My roommate's here. Everybody say hi to Michelle. Thousands of listeners. Hi, Michelle. Hello. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> hi, Michelle. Um, sorry, what? Jill? Huh? My question was... Oh, yeah. I'm right like I've never been right in my life. Okay. I mean, I'm into that version. I just was remembering once again Andy Cohen making that face of you and saying, like, when you were like, she wants to come back. And he was like, she, yeah, like, that's why she might not. Can you tell the listeners that story? Because I told it once before, but I, told I it also... last time I was here. No, you kind of, like, skimmed over it. Oh, so we were... Because I was... It happened to me, so I don't know that I'm telling it accurately. You know what I'm saying? Do you mind... Can I give, like, all of what was said? Oh, have you met me? Okay. So we were at Watch What Happens Live, and during commercial break, um, Sarah asked a question, and he was like, what's the question? And she was like, will Jill come back, ever come back in a full-time capacity? And he looked at her and was like, full-time? And Sarah was like, yes. And he was, she was like, because I met her at the Jill Zarin ladies lunch. We had the Jill um, Zarin lady lunch. Or luxury lunch, whatever. And she told me to tell you that like she wants to or something like that. And Andy like made a face that was so like, like my heart broke. I was so embarrassed. I saw his, like he was embarrassed. Like he was grossed out by that answer. And then I was embarrassed that we were there. (laughs) And he said, "Mm, well, no, now no. Or something like that. He said like, now no. And it was basically like she like basically she wants it too bad and that makes it gross. So, no, that's what I took from it, gleaned from it. So based on that story, I'm always like, oh, like they're just going to always torture her because she wants to be on so badly. But I don't know. I feel like they're waving this idea that like Phaedra could come back, too. And I don't I think that well, Nini is pushing that agenda. And, and Andy's like, maybe because he knows that she's good, but also like she does something despicable. And like it says something about the network and him and the production company if they bring her back. But they brought Danielle back, so it's like hard to really know what is off the table because they brought Danielle Stott back. So like they're they're terrible people. They don't care. It's not obviously they're fine with all of the terrible things because they brought Danielle Stott back. And I'm being genuine. Like I don't know Danielle Stott. I'm sure has a good quality about her, but like they don't care about the bad things she did on camera. So Michelle saying stuff. Nothing so, good about Danielle stuff. I think it's interesting you're asking this because someone tweeted Jill Zarin and said. Um, on the I night of the premiere, it. and they said, RHONY starts tonight. Hopefully, Jill Zarin will be one, like be a housewife. And Jill Zarin said, sadly, I'm not, but it's up to you, Andy. And she tagged him. It's up to you what Andy said. The fans count a lot. But the fans want her back. And I feel like even like famous celebrities who famous celebrities, famous fans who um, who've been on Watch What Happens Live have said like, Jill, 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 Jill. Yeah. They know. They know. Yeah. So I think, and you tell me if I'm wrong, I think. Andy probably does think that she's probably a pain in the... She's probably a thorn in the side, and she's probably also wants it too bad. So it's like, there's two things. It's like, yes, for the show, she, it makes sense to bring her back, but, like, she wants it too bad, and also, like, she's already so annoying, so what is it going to be when we give her what she wants? But I think that oh, that's a good point. even more so, 
it's a Bethany thing that she, I think, and I'm not, that's not me vilifying Bethany. I just think that she doesn't want her back in a way that like where they're at their peers, because then it's like, then it's like, she knows Jill's smart and she knows Jill's funny. And she knows that and maybe she also knows that she like loves and is charmed by parts of Jill. And she doesn't want to have to like navigate that relationship again, because what if she falls for Jill again? And then it's like, Jill decides that like they need to do this thing for television again. You know, I don't know. I'm just theorizing, but I felt like this premiere was, had it was obviously a lot of setup and a lot of like I wanted the women to interact more but like it was a, it was a fine first episode they're all insane and I you know it looks like it will be a good season but I miss Jill and I feel sad that Barbara Kay is there and it's not Jill I am sad that Barbara Kay is there and already thinks she's a fucking genius by having a toolkit in she her was car. so fucking proud of herself and it was so gross I was not into it and I don't think Lou was either Lou was like cool cool hug you this is a lot. Like, I think Barbara Kay probably texted Lou the night before and was like, guess what? I have the best fucking idea. Like, Barbara Kay, you're taking a lot. I, I thought she was going to have, like, I was actually really excited to, that she was going to, like, pull out, like, a bottle of red or something and be like, I always keep, like, something clever where she was going to be like, I always keep a bottle of, like, booze because who shows up to a party, like, empty handed like no. it's warm but we'll put it in the freezer and i was no. like because i was like that's gonna be so fucking funny if she like always carries like a new bottle around in case she's like at a party and then it was like a toolkit and it was like to brand herself and i was like girl it's like too much versus when lou gave ramona like luann's own jewelry line for her birthday whenever and yeah, then like that was, broke so wasn't like, her first episode like no but i thought that entrant. was a better example of oh, yeah, someone because it was funny whereas this i was just like yeah, and ramona it was at ramona and she hated it she right was, she which was, like, was great yeah, it, it was, was like, so funny versus bethany being like oh cool because i already have it in pink so now i have black for the city and i'm like what what is happening i cannot believe that barbara k is in this position which as ramona <laughs> reminded the world on entertainment tonight or whatever is not a full-time housewife she has not been given an apple but i'm i'm just surprised that barbara k is there although i suppose it will help to have her there as she allegedly fights with she Dorinda. sort of bridges the gap the the two the groups right. of women that were separate and at a certain point bethany turns on lou and she screams at her in miami or whatever else that like life is not a cabaret like stop talking about a fucking cabaret so i guess it's good that she's there in that capacity but i also feel like I just think about Jill. I just think you're giving Jill cameos and you're giving Barbara Kay camera time. And it's unfortunate, but this is the world in which we find ourselves. And also, I watched the premiere last night and I was nervous because season 10 of New York, to me, essentially almost tied with season three, probably did tie, but I just die for season three. It was so good and there was so much that happened that I watched. I, I was like nervous for 11 because I'm like, if New York is ever a disappointment, it's still great. But I just was like, I want this to be so good. I wanted it so bad. And I liked the way they started. I liked that it was dark. I liked that they went from like Dennis dead vignettes to like fun things to like make it even. I liked that. I guess there were friends of Bethany's who Danny Pellegrino said were from her spinoff or something. I didn't recognize them, but whatever. I, I like that there were certain pieces that were kind of interesting interspersed. I liked how they were like weaving the carpet, um, you know, Sonia's carpet. Um, but I, 
I just was like a little melancholy. I'm sorry. I was just a little melancholy watching no, it. Oh, yeah. Because it was sad and dark and shit happened. And I. It was a sad episode. And like there was few. There was no opportunity. Like they have to set up the season. But like there was a. It was kind of. A, Beverly Hills had a. Not a totally. Beverly Hills set up the drama at the top in a similar Spicy. way. Yeah. But then it jumped into all of their separate stuff. And mm-hmm. it took a minute to get them together i don't even know if they were together a lot in season in the first episode so it didn't feel totally dissimilar to the episode one of beverly hills i think it's going to be a good season i'm optimistic that it will be Yeah, i'm optimistic but it was a fine premiere it was just too much individual people like i don't care about tinsley and her fucking car like show me them all together at lunch chicken or egg question what came first did scott start to waste money before he met tinsley or after oh interesting. because shipping a bentley in a truck from Chicago to New York so this person can drive said Bentley to the Hamptons and then back seems like an extraordinary waste of money as opposed to surprising her with a rental or perhaps even funnier Tinsley trying to use a zip car where it's not just about showing how much money Scott has but showing Tinsley trying to adapt sort of like as a Sonia Jr. Like Sonia's like can't afford to put up blinds right now until she like finalizes that promotional period so she tapes I felt a sad towel. about Sonia. Well, you can take Sonia out of the townhouse, but you can't really take the townhouse out of Sonia. Sonia's moved to this cute, adorable Columbus Circle apartment, but she still has an assistant slash volunteer make her toast. I mean, I was trying to that. Well, I was into the intern. I forget her name, and I was like, oh, I think she's in on it. Like I felt Nicole like, or yeah, I, I felt remember. like she seemed, and because I don't know, she was exhausted, and so was I, a little mm, bit. I love Sonia, but it was sad. Like the taping thing was. It was just too much. I really, I really pray and hope that she does not paint a single thing in that apartment pink or black. I just hope that she's okay once the show is over. <laughs> I really worry about her. I think she'll be okay because she survived being crazy before. You're right. You're and right. And now she is crazy, but with more and money. I think she has a daughter. I think this show who hope, I mean, I have no idea who her, what her daughter is like, but I hope that her daughter yeah. is able to care for her. I think she is. I mean, I mean, she's I, and, I, a and, I suppose, and I suppose her daughter will always have money, so her daughter will be yeah. able to make sure that like Sonya Sonya is not her. like yeah. on the street. Yeah, it's not going to be like Great Gardens. Same with um Avery. Like she'll be able to make sure that so- Ramona is not on the street. Yes, I I, I, I think that they emotionally are bo- or otherwise. Yeah, they are both so Great Gardens that I just want to make sure that they're okay once like this because like the shows have been on for so long, but like eventually they will stop. One day it will stop. Who knows how long it will go on, but like. When maybe they'll go on until they're 70 or 80, but then they will maybe die. Well, I think they'll leave the show before the show itself dies. Like there's going to become a time where. You think? You think that Sonia and Ramona, I think that they will stay on the show until the show. So Ramona's in her 60s and not to be ageist, but I think at a certain time, at a certain point, she's going to want to retire from being a TV personality so she can enjoy her millions of dollars in real estate. I think that she, in t- I would say five to seven years. I think fame is a weird thing. Until they become not able to like be comfortable, I think that everyone's down for it. Maybe on New York more than any other franchise. hundred percent. I think Beverly Hills people are cool to like bow out at a certain point. And yeah. I think Atlanta maybe also either like it's like either the people who have like the people who we, we want to stay on Atlanta would leave. The mm-hmm. people like Marlo might chill forever. So. You know, I thought there were a couple things that were interesting. You know, you raised that question about Carol coming back. I thought the way that they addressed Carol not being there was really interesting. Yeah. Where Bethany said... Usually they just rewrite people out. Like, they write people out. Right. And what did Bethany say she called... Oh, she was comparing 
indirectly she was like referencing Carol without saying Carol's name in comparison to Lou and Dorinda's fight by saying they need to figure their shit out now because if you don't talk about it your problems as they happen it's going to be like a loose horse and I thought that was actually really interesting and smart so it wasn't just like Carol doesn't live here anymore and people are like pretending that like Truman Show style that everything's fine when you know that there is something sort of super different and I thought that was smart I also thought a lot of this stuff with Lou and Dorinda makes me uncomfortable for both of them because I felt like they're both making the same mistake they're deflecting attention from their issues by focusing on minor details so Lou did that with the Chris oh my god Birch party because he said because essentially Lou was saying because Ramona was either lying or like taking a small grain of truth and making it into a fucking cornfield. I think what Lou was trying to say was like, I wasn't really that bad. And Dorinda's like, I can't have a problem with alcohol because the person telling me that I have a problem is an alcoholic Mm -hmm. who maybe was never sober the first time around. I felt like they were trying to. There was no maybe. She said she wasn't. Yeah. And that was a real. If I was Luann watching that last night, knowing her complicated relationship with her kids and with reality, for someone who said last night the reason she fell off the wagon was because of like that kid lawsuit, when by all appearances, what we've heard from even Andy talking about when he went to see her show, the women talking about the reunion and stuff I've heard, I'm sure you've heard stuff too. She wasn't what Dorinda's saying isn't inaccurate. Yeah. I just think it's unfortunate that Dorinda is trying to like divert all attention from what remains a problem by saying I mean, what Luann's is, is bigger because she like punched a cop. What is Dorinda's tagline? Um, I hate you, Luann. No, it's it's like- Martini O'Clock. You don't know the taglines. No, I don't. I like barely pay attention. Oh, I think it's like kind of, I could be totally making this up, but I feel like it is like basically like it's like her slurring. I thought it was like, don't come for me because I'll fucking bury you. I thought it was like, don't come for me because I'll bababoo. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think that like she slurs in it and it was like, I was like, it's like the, the language is actually like written as slurs and I was like, I found them. So. What is it? Her. For this season. I might be messing this up. Like, I'm going to make... I might... Oh. I totally invented this, I think. Wait, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, I found it. it and I'm wrong. What it's is it? It's if you've got a problem with me, it's your problem. But when I, when I thought... Yeah, there's a little bit of an alky kind of vibe to that. Because problems... Yeah, well, but I, I think that I, I thought I remembered it being something more like... Referential to her own... I don't think stuff. I don't think Dorinda has even an ounce of a sense of humor about this. But I think she she's does. like, she I've lost funny. weight. Like I'm the slurring tan. stuff. She thinks is funny. Remember, like they did like a. She might think that's funny, but she doesn't think someone telling her that she has a problem. Her NSL is funny. about her SNL costume. The, yeah. The, when they did that little like medley for lack of a, another term. <laughs> she loved it. And I was like, oh, isn't it embarrassing at all? I mean, it is funny, but also is it funny when it's like you do it in every episode? I think it's funny until 
she's called either drunk or a drunk and then she's like go fuck yourself Dorinda has issues and she's embarrassed about them and by issues I don't necessarily mean alcohol I mean like sure alcohol but also anger and other stuff and that scene with Ramona in Ramona's kitchen where like Dorinda's crying I think Dorinda's confusing a lot of feelings and one of them is shame for how she behaved and she's trying to transfer that over to Luann and I don't think that's necessarily fair to Luann I mean listen people have said you know is Beverly Hills only about dogs and it's like no it's about the you know it's not about the um crime it's about the cover-up and New York, it's like, it's not really just about that one moment where Lou in Columbia says to Dorinda, you know, what did she say? She was like, um, you're about to turn or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's not really just about that line. I think it's about Dorinda's anger that Luann was able to disguise relapsing and that she's being compared to someone who was arrested and that she's being compared to a woman who now admits that she's a recovering alcoholic. And Dorinda's not okay with that. Dorinda's okay with you making jokes about how she acts in NSL when she's tipsy because it gets her attention. She craves it. Just sort of similar to how Luann was okay talking about her arrest during her cabaret show because she's, you know, she it got her a lot of fame and a lot of attention and she's trying to, you know, um, make something positive out of it. But I think that Dorinda ultimately is uncomfortable and afraid of the idea that she's an alcoholic following her. And that's why Luann, more than anyone else, triggered her in Columbia. Because, you know, you can say, how can Luann say this? She has a drinking problem. But that's how Luann can say this, because she has a drinking problem. And I think Dorinda's angry at Luann for not apologizing for that. And Luann is angry at Dorinda for not admitting it. And I think if Luann has to go through this whole public spectacle because of the arrest and everything else of having to sort of like prostrate herself. Is that am I using that word correctly? Maybe. Um, I don't know. I think it's like a Jesus kind of thing. But if she has to own up to her problems she's sort of forced to, right? Like allegedly she didn't want to go to rehab the second Mm -hmm. time. She was kind of forced into going back. If she has to admit to her issues in order to move forward, then doesn't Dorinda? And Dorinda's trying to do what Sonia did, which was being like, I'm healthy because I'm not drinking on camera, which will last however many episodes, two or three. Like Dorinda's saying, I don't have a problem because I do cardio. But the issue with that is like you can do cardio and do Coke. Like you can have a drinking problem and exercise. Alcoholics are not one strain and that's all. You can have a drinking problem and do all these other things. And I think Dorinda is angry that the conversation surrounds her even a little bit because she feels like that is Luann's job, not mine. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of it. I think that I think it's complicated. I think it's complicated when you get to things like it's hard to tell people that they are something if they don't think they are because it's not really for anybody else to decide but them. I got a satchel from Erica and Raleigh because I asked people, are you team Lou or team Dorinda? And it was very, very close. A lot of people responded back. And Erica says, can I be both? I don't want them to argue. Dorinda is my favorite 
New York housewife, but I love Lou. She has all the components of a great housewife. Lack of self-awareness, her real life um, producing drama, ability to forgive and move on for the sake of the show. With Dorinda, no good deed goes unpunished. She wants to do good, but also requires proper acknowledgement, like the Nutcracker. She feels like Luann is forgetting about her support of Tom during rehab, Giovanni, etc., and I get her hurt feelings. Lou gets blindsided. Oh, sorry. Lou gets blinded by her happiness and doesn't want to hear otherwise. Did this with Tom and doing this with the cabaret now. Lou should have invited John to the show. Dorinda shouldn't have expected to buy a ticket. Maybe she was mad at Dorinda's mugshot comment, but Bethany called her worse in season nine. And Lou more than got Dorinda back by implying she was a drunk. But Dorinda should have handled this at another time, not by heckling her. It's a tie. I mean, I think that a lot of people feel conflicted because they like both of them. Yeah, I mean, I like they both like, of them. Yeah, they like the value of both of them. They're both super individual, specific people. I think that it... I think it is complicated, no? I think it's super complicated. I don't know how Dorinda gets out of this because now it's going to, like, shade everything because Dorinda doesn't want to admit that maybe she does react when she's drinking. yeah. And it's not just about like not taking her nap or traveling or whatever else. Like Dorinda does turn like she does. And I don't know how she's going to get away with having another martini o'clock moment and not have to answer to all of this. Like I think there's more pressure on her to defend her blow ups when they happen drunkenly if that makes any sense and we've seen her blow up when she's on diet coke like at that um at like wasn't it ramona's house um in the hamptons when she just started like screaming at sonia and she hadn't she hadn't been drinking purposefully so that she wouldn't be a drunk mess and she was still an angry mess like dorinda has it in her to have a an anger problem with or without alcohol and and that has worked out Mm -hmm. with you know in a great way for us viewers but I just wonder what's going to happen when she loses her mind after having a couple drinks because I don't know that she's going to be able to divert it to Luann or anybody else who are housewives that have been sober on the show before aside from candy meaning they don't drink okay so think candy's the only one that comes to mind for me Jill doesn't drink Jill drinks Diet Coke. And guys, I'm going to recap a little bit about um, life on the Ramona coaster. But Ramona says some shit about Jill in her book, um, i.e. why Jill drinks Diet Coke that she's said before and isn't cool in my eyes. The what? The, the Jill has a drinking problem. A drinking problem. But like something that was never a dr- on the show. She said it once before. I think on a reunion, she said... Well, I heard you went to like AA or something and Jill was like, I went with a friend or whatever. And she was like, I heard you like have an alcohol problem. And Jill was like, go fuck yourself. I don't. Don't you think I would say something if I did? And Ramona, for some ungodly reason, even though she sort of got buried from people for raising that on the show, says it again in her book, which I thought was an interesting choice that she made. Um, Who else doesn't drink? Candy, Jill Zarin. I think that's New York. I don't I can't think of anybody that does not drink Sonia on occasion. Like she did that as part of her like rehabilitation. I rolled tour. my eyes. Yeah. Um, Anyone on Beverly Hills? Did Leah not Black drinker? not drink? Leah Black maybe didn't drink on floor in uh, Miami. Um, Beverly Hills. I mean, your boo Kim sometimes. Yeah, but that was obviously complicated because she is a person who struggles with alcoholism. I think that's I think that's it for Beverly Hills. O.C. Everybody's, everybody's drinking 
Jersey. Uh, Teresa doesn't drink, right? Well, or Teresa, she when not... she got out of prison, wasn't allowed to. Is that what? But she used to. Yeah, Teresa still drinks. She drinks now. I don't remember. I don't know. If she Is she still on probation? I'm losing my mind. I have no idea. I forget. No, yeah, because didn't that was the thing that Jackie said to her in part two? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I was, um, I was tickled by it. I was tickled. Um, I, think, I just think it's... I think oh, it's, Caroline Manzo maybe didn't drink? Mm, eh, I don't remember. I don't know. Why? What do, you, what do you think? No, I just think it's like... I think it's an interesting... Like, I would not want to be filming for eight hours at, like, somebody's wedding and not be able to, like, have a drink. But I also know that, like, if I'm filming for X amount of hours and I'm hungry or, like, I haven't eaten what I want or I'm just, like, filming for a long time and have had, like, four drinks that, like, I'm going to be drunk-ish. And I think that the environment, like, feeds into that because they want them to be a little bit tipsy to be uninhibited. But then... It makes it hard if you're a person who doesn't react well or has an issue or whatever. Wasn't that the whole critique against the real world when the real world came out that they were just supplying these young people with like oh. fucking alcohol all the time and like Trishel and stuff? I think as maybe. the years went on. I mean, I think that that's like reality. I think most maybe B- Big Brother too. I think people just kind of drink on reality television. I think that that's pretty standard. Standard, I think. So I think it is hard. I think we've also reached a moment in pop culture where it used to be embarrassing and now it's um, brandable, if that makes any sense. Like people used to be embarrassed by their drunken behavior when it came out because we had higher morals and now we're like, how low can we go? Yeah. And I'm not complaining about that, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's it's different now. I mean. To be honest, you're both white trash. I mean, um. Anything else to say about New York? I feel weird about it. Yeah, it was, I, I'm, it, I'm it was just it. a fine episode. It was a fine episode. I'm, I hope it'll be hard. The last two seasons have been extremely strong. Yeah, because it, we went from Berkshires and Countess versus Bethany to Berkshires, August Berkshires County, December Berkshires County. Right, and then with this season, we and then the following season was Columbia and Blue's Carol arrest. versus Bethany, and mm-hmm. the downfall of Luann, who just had sort of. Arrive. Like it was like the return of Luann and then the fall again. So I think that this season it will be um, a tough act to follow. That's why I thought that they would bring Jill back because I thought that that would be like so the new inner, inner fire that they needed to like kind of fucking piss Ramona and Bethany off, you know? Yeah. I mean, not to use a Bravoism, but I guess we'll just like watch what happens. I hope that they don't. I hope they don't fuck this up. I hope that they do bring back Jill. I don't I don't like the idea that she's in like random cameos with like the fucking Christmas tree and at some other fucking benefit. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like all of these women on New York specifically serve a really interesting purpose, including Tinsley, especially Tinsley and not especially Tinsley, but including Tinsley. And I just think, Oh man, who's got that secret sauce. I think that is Jillian Zarin. Give her a Macintosh apple. Let it be organic. Yeah, they haven't had the a good new, times roll. The first new girl, the most recent new girl was Tinsley. And that was like what? Two seasons ago, right? Two or three, right? Hasn't it been three? Yeah, this she, is she replaced Jules. Oh, did Jules drink? I think so. Okay. Good for Jules. Jules is one of those people that has sort of walked away. Jules was not not made from reality TV. She's not. No. Especially not New York reality TV. Um, Jersey happened. Tell me. I didn't really watch it. Tell me the Cliff's Notes. I will watch it. Uh, I want to hear your Danielle theories. looks... I don't say this because I hate Danielle because you guys already know that. Danielle looks worse in her reunion outfit, especially her cheeks, 
than any other person I've ever seen on any kind of reunion. She looks awful. Her hair is terrible. Her makeup is terrible. Her plastic surgery is horrific. And her outfit is like trash. And I say that, by the way, saying, what the fuck happened to Ramona's face? Her nose is different. Oh, I didn't notice. half of it's deflated. I think she and Nini go to the same nose guy. And I think that person should get their medical license suspended. I didn't notice that. But now I'm that was not Geezy's work. That was not the work of Dr. Sharon Geezy, MD. It was weird. Um, So Jersey happened. Margaret carried part three on her back. And I'm appreciative for it. Um, Teresa acknowledged that if Joe gets sent to Italy, she's not going with him. That happened in part one two. And done. She continued it. It'll be one and done. Uh, the guys came up with taglines. And of course, Joe Gorgas was the best. Um, was Dan- Marty there? No. Danielle surprised Teresa by giving her a silver necklace with both of their names engraved, their initials engraved in a Tiffany box <gasps> as a surprise. And Teresa looked so horrified and uncomfortable with it that Andy immediately pounced and was like, what's happening, Trey? Like, you look very uncomfortable. And Trey's like, no, it's it's super sweet. And it was super awkward. And then immediately after that, Danielle thought, like, this is the best. Like, I'm so great. I'm giving her, like, a Tiffany necklace. Immediately after that, fucking Jennifer Aiden said, oh, and I also have something from my brother's jewelry store and opens up and it's a fucking pearl bracelet. I don't know if that was real pearls, but doesn't matter. Pearl bracelet with a photo of Teresa and her mother. In the middle of it, which is obviously super sweet, very well thought out, and a much better gift. And Danielle's face was like, well, I guess I'm done. Like, it was was amazing, and I also feel like... Why were they giving gifts to Teresa? No no reason. Oh, my God, because she's Queen Bee. This is why it's a problem, guys. I don't think... People have said that, like, Danielle has helped the show this season. Fine. But she's not needed next season she was she wasn't needed for this reunion except as someone for Margaret to aggress like that was she served a purpose there but Margaret can find other people to hate Margaret is very good at this her she her strengths have grown stronger like her muscles are as toned as Teresa's ass like she's ready she's here she's not leaving And I think Danielle is done now. Like, this was a great experiment. You know how I know that? Because she is no longer with that guy. Or maybe she is. I don't know. The the fake Duke. Her Duke? Her fake Duke. They're maybe together, maybe not. I don't know. She posted an Insta video of them together. And he's like, looks like he's sending, like, signals with blinks to free him. I mean, it's, she's not needed no more. Like, if you must have her demote her to... A, the former roles that Kim G and D had. Like, do you it's have just dumb. Also, Melissa list- hates and Tree hate each other again. Do you have listeners who defend Danielle or like her? I feel like I have listeners who've reached out and said she has helped the plot. I think I asked, there was a poll that I put up this week on Instagram of like, should she come back? And I want to say it was like 85, 15, no. Like people are more interested in loving Margaret than anything else or in defending Teresa than anything else. I have people, I mean, like I'm looking at some of my responses. One person says like, I never want to see Danielle Satan Staub ever again. Danielle, uh, one person says, oh, one person says Danielle's a necessary evil. Bring her back next season, but never full time. 
I mean, she's available. Give her a cameo when she's not in fucking Paris or wherever the fuck she's going with her fake chateau. How is, what is her like Job? What, was, what was her source of income, do you think, when she wasn't on Housewives? Like, what was she doing? Nothing. That's why she got with Marty. I don't think, no. She bought, a, oh, by the way, her wedding dress was $35,000. She said not forty five. She got a discount. I hate her. <laughs> I hate her tell me so the, much. Tell me the, your five least favorite housewives. And it doesn't include friends or guests, but it can include housewives that were, have been, have come back as a friend or a guest, like, like Danielle. Okay, someone has asked me this before, and I spent so much time thinking about it, and now I can't think of anybody. Danielle's job, obvi- this is in no order. Danielle's job, obviously. Mikhail Salahi, fucking 100th housewife on OC, who put her hands on oh, Megan- Peggy. Peggy. Th- that's three. Anybody in New York? Jersey. DC, we don't care about. Oh, I said Mikhail. Um, Christy Rice on Miami. That's four. <laughs> Maybe Joanna Krupa on Miami. That's four and a half. She was too extra. She was the Danielle's job of um, the lower part of the country. And by that, I mean geographically, not morally. Although that actually probably <laughs> also <laughs> counts, depending on the news alerts that come out from Florida. Um, and let's choose. Some- oh, and Kim Richards. Done. Five. And yours, sir? Oh, it's interesting. I I wasn't prepared to answer also, but <laughs> I will say I think mine are going to be like controversial because Do it. they're not necessarily people that are like, I don't need to, like, I'm fine with them being on the show, but I hate them. Cool. Um, no, I think that's the way it should be. So like, I hate Teresa. Cool. I hate Bethany. Cool. Bethany's one of the, your most hated housewives. I talk about her constantly. I've actually so made it a New Year's resolution to not talk about her. So except much. on the show. Except here. And also not to like. This talk, is the exception. To accept her behavior. I don't like her, but I think that she, I understand her value as a character on the yeah, show. Yeah, I get that. Okay, um, so that's two. Okay. Um, Kim Richards. Just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think. Who do I hate from Beverly Hills? I don't think I hate. I mean, I don't. LVP. I do kind of hate her. Yeah. But I also understand her value. But yeah, I'm going to say the three of them because I can't stand their like alphaness and it ruins the show. And then I hate that girl. Um, I hate Amber from New Jersey. Oh my God. I hate Amber from New Jersey. So those are four. Hate, that's so good. That's four. And then I hate. Uh, 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 let's think. Who is the fifth the person that I hate? Oh, so anybody on OC? Vicky? Oh, yeah. Tamara? Oh, no, I don't hate Tamara. I do hate Vicky, but do I hate her? But I kind of like love her because she's super flawed and like shows it. She's not like the other OGs. Um, Lydia McLaughlin or whatever the fuck? Yeah, she's innocuous to me. Like there's people that are boring, but do I hate them? Yeah, we'll say we can say um, Vicky, I guess. Okay, I'm into that. I don't think it's true, but I'm going to say it. Can I ask you a question? Anytime. Love. Um, so I remember saying on this show, probably with you, that I hoped Marlo never got a peach. You're taking it back. I think I'm rescinding that. What are your thoughts? <gasps> I think I'm. Sh- I think that what has made this season the best is Marlo. Yeah. And oh, uh, Portia. A hundred percent. Obviously, Portia. Yeah, yeah, uh, obviously, she's wonderful. So she, much. She's, I hope the cameras are there for her when she pushes she, out that baby. Yeah, she is giving every part Everything. of herself. Yeah. Um, but I think she. Marlo is doing so much. I think that she and 
I don't like her and I think she's annoying, but Tanya, <sighs> I think what was happening is that I don't know what, what point they film the opening credits, probably pretty, pretty close towards the end of filming. I think that Tanya and Marlo and Eva probably didn't, and Shamari, all of them probably didn't know who was going to be a full-time housewife. Yeah. It's so obvious to me that Tanya and Marlo, and I guess Shamari, are like working it at least in the group scenes tanya and marlo are bringing a lot that other people aren't bringing and Mm -hmm. it's like i appreciate that and that that is like the joy of watching a new woman or like a new housewife who has to prove herself Mm -hmm. and obviously didn't work out that either of them got peaches but i think that like i appreciate them being on the show i don't like tanya i do like marlo and i didn't don't know what the show would be like if she was like full-time because she doesn't have children She's not married. I don't know if she's in a, like a permanent relationship. Um, I don't know what her like life. I think her, her relationships are temp to perm, but they never get perm. I don't know what her like her individual storyline would be, but like I, I'm I'm here to see it and see how it looks because I think that she brought a lot. She's and she's also like Nini. She's like I think she has a real life relationship. Yeah, they with definitely Nini. do. They definitely do. Um, so I think that that helps because like that's it ups the stakes. I think that Marlo is more human this season than she ever has before totally. when she was like trying to beat up Sheree or whatever the fuck they were doing in Africa or she whatever. She was doing and like Randy Glanville stuff. Yeah, which, she like, was. You show up and you say, and that's and you say, and, oh, yeah, say you, and you say crazy things and then you leave. And I think right. that's like the get like that's like the when you when you know you're a friend of or a guest, you show up and you're like like you get to do what um Kim did to Ken to Kenya at Sheree's party where you get to just be like hey I'm here as a guest to call shit now I'm leaving and it's like when you're ingrained in the group you have to be accountable because you show up and then someone gets to be like hey last time I saw you you were a fucking asshole you know so Marlo has to be accountable but she also gets to be like a good friend to Nini and also hold Nini accountable for being an asshole to her husband whether or not it's justified in some moments sure but like she's allowed to say like your husband called me so I'm allowed to ask you to like be kind to him because he's checking on you through me and now I'm involved so like yeah I'm allowed to say this I was into that scene I mean Atlanta like for me was like I was like oh gosh thank fucking finally it like woke up this season you texted me on Sunday and you were like Atlanta's back and then my cable went out (laughs) but then I was able to finish watching it um later in the week I I felt so conflicted watching the episode because I felt like Marlo made such strong points and was like, other people are hurting. You're not the only one hurting. Like, I'm hurting. Your kids are hurting. And I felt like Nini was like, I'm angry. I'm yelling at you because I know I'm not going to lose you because you're my closest friend, but I'm going to take out all of my anger and aggression and pretend it's all because, like, you were late. And by the way, you were late because you walked out of your hair appointment in order to, like, try to make sure I was alive and okay. I mean, it was, it felt very intense and very emotional and it felt like it wasn't like a matter of choosing sides because I think they both made great points and were both in so much pain that they couldn't listen to each other, but they could still reconnect and like have that sweet moment before Shamari threw up on Eva. And I thought I was slightly disappointed that we were sort of led to believe or I just decided to believe that Nini was charging Marlo Mm -hmm. and it turns out she was charging cameramen so that people couldn't see her messy closet like that to me was a downer because I thought there was going to be a sharper moment of disconnect and in reality it's like this was super intense Nini broke down Nini retired to her bedroom closet then they kind of you know got their shit together I thought it was sweet but I was also a little sad because I'm like oh is this the only moment of like drama this whole season even though it was like really touching and really I felt I felt 
you know, emotional. The Nini stuff is like really sad, but very, to me, has been very moving and very good. But the women together has been sort of dry. Yes. And now Nini, did I say this already? Nini, they shot the reunion on yesterday. Yeah, you said she unfollowed everybody. And she unfollowed everybody, but... Marlo and Shamari. I didn't see that she had stayed following Shamari. Because no one cares about Shamari. I mean, I kind of appreciated Shamari puking. I thought it was funny. I was into her like trying to like touch Evo when she was drunk. I thought it was funny. I think she's like great at being a mess in real life, but like maybe not a great at being a mess on camera. I was just kind of like, cool, you drank a lot and now you're vomiting. I don't know. This is like a hard show. This is a hard franchise for you to be like a sloppy drunk mess sometimes. And that's it. Yeah. Like that's not really their also not. That's not really like their bread and butter. Like no. nobody is really like a sloppy drunk. No, they're entertainers. They're performers like Nene at they're, heart. The fu- is an to me, that's like the funny one. It's the funny it one. And New York is the drunk one. And Beverly Hills is like the rich one. And P.S. And then my three favorites. To be funny, it takes so much skill and intelligence and I think that they're maybe like the smartest, most intuitive franchise because there's always something behind it. Like it's easy to be aggressive. It's harder to be shady. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it takes a level of smart that doesn't necessarily exist on like New Jersey, for example, minus Margaret, who understands how to be funny and smart. Yeah. And I even mean, that pales in comparison. And I think New York, there's a lot of funny people on yeah, it. Yeah. But Bethany is really the only person who's like funny in a witty way. Everybody else is sort of circumstantially funny or funny because of like delusions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an interesting point that I never thought about with New York is that like, I mean, I'm sorry, that Atlanta, like they are funny because they are like sharp and shady and clever and yeah i think margaret does possess that i think that jersey right. has sort of lacked that it yeah. off that siggy possessed it but then she, it went away lost, yeah. um and new york does possess humor but not necessarily like wit the way i mean aside from bethany yeah and i think bethany sometimes bethany's having a tough week yeah gets a little too sharp i have a question tell me everything because i you know obviously i just named my least favorite housewives and all of them were basically like the lead fan favorites um, except for Nini, because I think she's funny, um, and I'm a little more forgiving of her. I don't know why. I think I don't. I don't particularly like her, but Candy is my favorite in Atlanta, and I would argue that she's sort of like the Kyle of of like Atlanta, in that she's sort of like second head banana. That she's sort of like oh yeah yeah she's the richest. She has a lot. She's of She's sort of like the quote unquote the one who wins. She's also the one who's like. Not, Nini has had a wedding special, but like Kyle, I mean, um, uh, spinoffs. Candy has had like six shows, like a talk show and a ski trip and she a wedding. Talk show? Oh, Can- she did. She had yeah, Candy go to nights. Yeah, recently. Oh, it did not go well. Yeah, Candy yeah. go to nights and she had a ski show and she had a wedding special mm-hmm. and her escape show. So I think that that's interesting. Do you think that she possesses the same kind of like LVP power on Atlanta. I never thought about it and I don't think so. But now I'm sort of like, oh, I mean, she's also been so ingrained in the drama in her in her time. Like she's never been a person who's sort of like, if anything, this is the first season where I can remember where she sort of has been an instigator. And then and I was like mad, like instigated the Porsche stuff that felt unnecessary. Yeah. But then I felt like she owned up to it and apologized. And I was like, good, because I was mad at her. It's hard for me to say that knowing that Nini is still on screen, even though Candy probably deserves it. I think the Nini is still getting the Yeah. Nini's always going to get the first peach. Yeah. She's going to get first priority on that peach. I don't disagree, but I am it, it, it would just occur to me like oh I like all of the alphas and then it, I mean I don't like any of the alphas and then I like kind of love candy and I don't think that she's not she has a lot of 
favor with the network. Is it clearly. weird that I like forget what Candy's done this season? I know she's doing a lot. She I, talked about the surrogate Portia stuff. stuff in the beginning. Yeah. And sort of since then, she's sort of been. Um, she's going to have sex with Cynthia on stage. I appreciate she's that. She's been sort of in the background of the season. Like, yeah, I'm trying to think there was one other moment, but now it escapes me. Escapes me. Uh, uh, I don't know. Something with Eva, maybe? No. No, not really. I love her. Obviously. Yeah, Eva's great. I, I'm no, done I with... I love Candy. Oh, Candy. I think Eva's great. I'm done with Tanya. I'm extremely done with Shamari, who is picking fights with Marlo. I'm done with Cynthia. Like, I've been having the conversation. Like, we just said, what has Candy done? Like, what has Cynthia done for the last four seasons? Like, Cynthia, I love her. She's beautiful. And I think that that right. is what they, they think. And she, her style. I think that they think that she brings that to the show. Like, her style and beauty. And, like... And I think that that's not enough. I think she's sort of the Kristen Taken of Atlanta. <gasps> Sorry, Kristen. I love you. You know what I'm going to say? I, that's not an insult. It's just a, it's an observation. I, I'm going to say something that you would say. What? 100%? 100%. She <laughs> is totally the Kristen Takeman, which is like, it isn't yeah, a bad thing. It's not a bad it thing. It adds a different layer to it, Um, but it is, it is like I'm bored by Cynthia on yeah. Atlanta right now. People like coffee with soy milk. It doesn't mean that soy milk is the most delicious. It's a non-dairy alternative that's, in fact, actually really bad for you. Shouldn't drink soy milk. But you know what I'm saying? Like, she's not like heavy cream. She's who? not like the most delicious thing you can have. She's who, an option. Who is the alpha of? And I guess when I say alpha, I mean like fan favorite has most pull with the network. Right. Not necessarily me. who's the most responsible for making shows successful. Yeah. Who's the alpha of what? Um, Potomac. Oh, God. Because Potomac. my, you say first and then I'm going to explain, then I'll tell you why I'm conflicted. Wait, define alpha in this context? I think in this context, it's the person who like the fans often align themselves with and like Andy is like quote-unquote like he's like winking you think that he's like the friend he almost friends with that person like it's like it's bethany it's, it's nini it's Teresa, it's vicky it's um i think i'm supposed to say karen but i want to say giselle i think it's giselle but i talked to somebody a friend a while back who was like oh i think that like giselle is i mean um karen, karen. is like and i was like she's too delusional in, yeah she's too poor she's like her her life like provides too much of the drama on the show giselle seems like she's the one who's winking in the audience being like my stuff's in target now i'm actually rich and i actually like know that all these other people are crazy and i don't know if that's true or not but to me she seems the smartest and like the most like with it when i interviewed her i couldn't stop laughing because every line that she said was like yeah i'll take her to like go to get her taxes done at like wherever <laughs> the fuck like she was so smarty so smarty oh my god you guys she was so smart and witty in a way that she didn't need to be for like a 30 minute interview you know like she, I don't think she prepared in any way and she didn't seem to be quoting stuff she'd said in other press outlets I think she's genuinely just one of these people who's really good at her job and her job is being um entertaining on Potomac and I think that it would be hard to do the Potomac without her versus Karen not doing it because I'll probably still talk about Karen anyway like sorry but um I think Giselle is crucial and you said it doesn't have to matter if I like that person it just so happens that I like Giselle more than I like Karen because as you said Karen's yeah delusional I mean like I don't understand that Virginia she's like, Ramona. State. She's like the Ramona of Potomac 
I think she's way more delusional than Ramona's. I think Ramona's delusions exist in how much of a good person she is. And Karen's delusions is, exist in the sense of like, sure, I don't own this property, but I'm going to tell everybody I am. And nobody was home to receive that pizza because we don't actually live there. And I mean, I don't disagree I'm coming that like, out with Ramona a fragrance, has but real not. money, but I don't think that that makes her any less delusional. Like, I know that that stuff matters. Like, I know, like, when you talk, like, and I don't, like, you always put value in, like, the people and, like, the money and who's lying. Like, to me, that matters less because, like, you're all thirsty and on this show. Like, I don't really care who has it and doesn't. Like, a Dorit pretends like she has money. That's cool because, like, she, Dorit like. has no money. But I literally don't care. And so, for me. I, I care so much. I don't. And I always think, like, I know Ramona has real money, but, like, she's an awful, t- terrible person and she's delusional and she believes that she's. She believes that she's, like, the fan favorite and really funny and really likable. And, like, she believes that stuff. And to me, like, that makes her very similar to Karen. And that, like, Karen also is just, like, I'm the grand dem. And, like, she believes that. And, like, Ashley and Giselle are, like, you're stupid and we make fun of you. I feel like I'm so poor, like, financially or whatever, maybe my soul, that, like, it's (laughs) funny to me that the idea that some of these women genuinely believe their delusions. Because, like, T. Kyle came on and I... Is that something like who's like the craziest housewife? You don't have to name names. And he was like, well, the thing is, like these women really are how they show themselves on TV. And he was like, Ramona really did apologize to someone with a fake new beginning apology when she like lost her mind at one point on like watch what happens. Like she really is that person to be super demanding and then be like, I'm so sorry, but like blow it off and it doesn't mean anything. And then like I mean, doggy I, paddle her whack her baby her way back to boris i, I mean, worked like, with sonia as you know and like she was lovely and wonderful and so funny and i'm so appreciative that she did this like pet project i worked on but which she, was great she, by the way she was exactly the way she is on the show and i like, yeah. was in her home and she was like eating a good croissant and like on her like reading her newspaper and like i met her intern who was like her assistant was it pickles it was some a boy named cameron mason mac mckenzie something like that <laughs> Oh my, just like name an apple, Macintosh, uh-huh. Gala, Green. Yeah, I can't remember now. But in any case, I just like, I just think that that Giselle is not delusional. But Potomac's interesting. Potomac has some people that are a little more with it than some of the other shows. Potomac and like Beverly Hills have less delusions. And I think that like New York has a lot of delusions. New York does have a lot of delusions. Speaking of New York delusions, you guys, thank you so much for that. Um, guys, the very first... The very first book in the Andy Scrolls book club, Life on the Ramona Coaster. I'm holding this tome <gasps> in my hands, this weighty tome that was 211 pages. And I finished in, I think, 90 minutes, which feels way too long for this 200-page book. I think it was actually less than that. I did a half and half over the course of the last two nights because um, my melatonin wasn't kicking in. And this book helped me. Um, a fascinating book. She says a lot that I'm surprised by. It was dark her talking about her father being abusive and her mom being trapped and also Ramona herself being trapped in her relationship and marriage rest in peace with Mario she included notes that Avery wrote to her father saying daddy why are you doing this in ways that I was like cool so that wasn't a note it was probably an email and when did this come out I'm sorry I want to say 2015 how and it was like it's sort of dangled a slight carrot in the sense of like maybe we'll get back together but probably not yet 2015 um I was surprised at some some moments by how open she was because I felt like did her kid give approval for this or was her kid like it's happening I want to help mommy or was her kid like 
I guess if you like need it. Like my my father is an author. I didn't mean ugh in relation to my dad. I was just like, do I want to be personal? My dad has written several books. One of them is a true book about uh, an experience that my family went through with my brother. And um, I didn't know the details of it until it was essentially in galley form, for lack of a better word, and like published. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, I didn't know the inside scoop on what my family went through. And then they did like a, there was like national press attached to the book. I didn't know what was happening and then wasn't in a position where I could be like, I'm uncomfortable with what you're revealing. And I was also too young to like think that way. But I wonder with Avery, cause she was older than, oh no, actually, you know what? Thinking about it, we're probably the same age when the books were published. I want, no, she was older. I just wonder from Avery's eyes, how comfortable she was with Ramona talking about like how great the sex was with Mario at some points, but that's secondary to like, I was deceived by this man and this is what he did to my child. Like she talks at one point about Avery having a meltdown because her best friend turned on her and no one was like befriending her in college. Like I get why Ramona saying that sort of, but also, yeah, it felt, I was surprised at her openness in her family dynamic and was slightly concerned for Avery. Not saying that Ramona's a bad mom. Not saying anything about that. I'm just saying it was surprising to me that she was saying details about the separation and stuff specific to her daughter's experience. And I wonder if her daughter was mature enough to be like, I'm comfortable with this. I don't know. We, we're, they're in a different generation than I was when I was little. There was no Instagram. There was totally. no Facebook. People are used to being super revealing and yeah, filtering. Your generation was like pre all of that. Yeah, did we have my, email? We had email. I, I remember the first time I bought something well, from the I'm internet, it was probably I'm from the Gap. I'm much younger than you. <laughs> Wait, are you older than me? I think you are by like a month. Yeah, like it's I think fine. by some months. Um, so in your opinion as the elder, because you're older than me by a month, what I mean, what are you having not read it? You said you looked at the photos. Oh, wait, I gave this to you for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So eventually you're going to read it. Yeah. I mean, the photos are great. She has a, a series of photos of her in a bikini saying, um, you know, like I look fit or whatever. What it, What are your what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I think the photos are insane. The photos are insane. But it's like it's kind of great because it's exactly what expe- you expect from um Ramona in my opinion yeah but I think it's interesting what you're saying because like her story is intertwined with these other people's but it's interesting that she made the choice to like share something as like about her daughter and like her daughter's relationship with Mario a post and like her daughter's relationship with like her roommate or friend in college yeah. which just seems I don't know yeah like you're right like it it is we live in a different times so like maybe that's okay but also like the house was like that wouldn't be on the houses of New York. It might be. I guess it might be if it was enough of like a thing in her life that she was like, but it just feels like that's not Ramona's story. You know what? In New York, Luann's in real life kids were in the tabloids a lot. Victoria was for like partying. She got kicked out of her private school. That wasn't a part of Luann's arc until Ramona brought it up on camera as a way to mommy shame Lou. So it's interesting that Ramona's indirectly mommy shaming herself because she's giving these revealing tidbits that I think she's doing in the context of like my child was already under duress and now she had to go through her parents who she always knew were madly deeply in love with each other and never fought were like breaking up and it was a big surprise I don't know would you say the book is well written 
No. And that, do you think she wrote it herself, or do you think she had a ghostwriter like no, Amoeba says? No, I think she sent some audio files to whomever um, and called it a day. It's interesting to me how clunky it is and how many times she uses true beginning, true renewal, new beginning, renewal, beginning, fresh beginning, true faith, faith, renewal, beginning, and so on throughout the book. It's like, we get it, Ramona. Like, we know your necklaces. We know HSN. We know the Rami- Ramona Pinot Grigio. We know everything else. As I turn to a photo of her. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It was darker and harder for me to read than I expected. And she also says some interesting things about Housewives. So I dog-eared several pages and wanted you to choose which one you wanted to quote. If I can find where the fuck I put that information or maybe I'll just do it. Wait, you dog-eared them so we can't just pick? No, because I dog-eared them and then I put a note to myself of what each one was. Okay, here are some options. Um, uh, Her dad and a business loan, page 58. Casting in Jill. Jill and Bethany. The word street urchin. I don't remember what I was referencing. Alcoholism. My fit body. Fucking Mario <laughs> telling Avery. Oh, at one point she told Avery her dad had a stalker instead of a mistress. She like flat out lied to her child, which I'm sure did quite a number when she found out the truth. Uh, Catching yeah. Mario cheating and Ramai- why Ramona joined the show and also the ride. Do any of those sound interesting? Maybe some show specific? I'm most interested in um, Jill and Bethany and also Jill and casting. I think that was 58 and something else. 65. Let's pull. Wouldn't it be great if I was like wrong with all these numbers? Um, okay. Six, what was it? What did I say? It was Jill. Jill and Bethany and Jill and casting. Those were the two. Okay. Um, when we, and this is after, so they filmed like a little mock thing for the production when production was choosing whether or not Ramona would join the show. And P.S. Ramona says she joined the show to promote Mario's website. And the fact that she, Mario essentially left her in part because he was self-conscious about her success financially and in other ways was interesting to her, which she repeated a couple times that she was like fascinated that he was jealous of something that she did to support him. Anyway. Um, that's, okay. that's kind of an actually interesting point, right? It is. I was surprised because like it actually, was an interesting point. It's actually like a thoughtful moment of being like, I did this show because for you and you leaving me because it went well. I'm really um, impressed with what her ghostwriter <laughs> was able to push her into accepting or just blindly writing. Okay, so um, they just filmed this little dumb thing. Uh, when we got back to our apartment, Avery is excited. She keeps asking, are we going to be on, Mommy? Do you think we'll be on the show? Is this it? Is this it? But the producer explains that the six hours of footage have to be edited down to a two-minute video that she'll submit to the head producers of the show they are the ones who make the final decision she tells us i'll get back to you the funny thing is when she does actually get back to me it turns out that the head producer had already seen me on another woman's demo tape i had almost forgotten but a few months back i had attended a cooking party hosted by my friend pamela morgan who owns a culinary business called flirting with flavors flavors during the party i was my usual animated outgoing gregarious self bopping around and asking questions when the head producer watched the tape and saw me, she asked, who is that woman? Let's find her. Apparently, they tried to track me down, but they couldn't find me. Even though Jill Zarin, who was also at the party, could have told them how to contact me. Ten months later, they get my audition tape and realize I am the person they have been looking for. And I think that there was another moment. Yeah, tell me. 
Pamela Morgan was in the street when I was in a car with Sonia and she rolled down the window and she went, Pamela. And then they talk and it was insane. <laughs> I, who I'm is on, Pamela? I don't know. A friend of theirs. It's fascinating. Um, I, yeah, there were just several moments that were interesting when she's talking about not having a drinking problem and feeling like with Bethany off of the show season four she felt like Jill came for her and you know she says this little moment page 103 for the record I do not have a drinking problem nor have I ever struggled with addiction of any kind I'm an adult. I work hard and play hard, but I know my limits. I'm never out of control. Mm, I don't know. You rarely see Jill drinking on the show. And I've heard that the reason for this is that she has had problems with substance abuse in the past. I have always respected her privacy. So for her to publicly accuse me of having a drinking problem, which is not true, was very upsetting to me. So it was so upsetting to Ramona that she said it once on TV. People came after her. So she decided to put it in a book. I find that fascinating. I find that very, very fascinating. I think that this is, yeah. And there's one other little moment. I'm going to hopefully wrap with this. I think um, when she's talking about Jill and Bethany, I think what had happened between them was that Jill was resentful that Bravo had offered Bethany her own show. We all knew it was happening. I remember the plan was for her to film season three with us, and then she would start filming her spinoff. Maybe Jill thought it should be the Jill and Bethany show or that she should have gotten her own show, but I remember her calling me up at my office and asking me not to film with Bethany. I said to her, why would you want to hurt her that way? (laughs) You know she's on her own and has to support herself. You have a husband. I'm set financially. (laughs) Why would you stand in her way? I think she felt that Bethany was riding our coattails and she was jealous that she would have success on her own. Alex and I confronted her about this during the reunion episode. At first, Jill denied she had done this, but eventually she did admit it. I think Jill is the type of person that if you have something she doesn't have, instead of wishing you well, she feels slighted that she's not a part of it. That's just her personality. Although it's often riled me up over the years, I've learned to accept her for who she is. Well, how big of Ramon. How big of Ramona. I mean, it really was a little bit of a, of a Ramona coaster. And how many stars do you give it? Five, like the listeners are going to give you. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give it out of five stars. I am going to give it six stars, which is the number of apples that she is seen posing with on the cover of her (laughs) book. Um, Damien, this is absolutely by far the longest episode we've ever done. So kudos to you for getting into first place. Sorry to Lewis Peitzman. I just lost a text. I looked at a text message I had sent at the beginning of this and it, it, and I could not believe the time that it was. And then the time (laughs) that it is now, this Um, was for which we can only blame Bravo for giving us too many, so much content. I was too much tuna. People should um, send you Venmos with monies and they should say their um, five least favorite housewives. And I have gotten a couple of Venmos and people's favorite housewives. And guys, I know how much you were their favorite housewives. Let me go to Venmo. I think Dorinda was one. It's a good one. And um, let me look right now. Damien, you yourself have sent me a Venmo, which I appreciate. Let's look at 
if I can find out how Venmo works. I have $16. Okay. Um, Kim Richards, best ever. And also thanks for the podcast, my four-month-old baby. And I love listening to you and have since her birth. Super sweet. Margaret and Dorinda. Dorinda, you said candy. You said candy again. (laughs) (laughs) And then I paid for Con Ed. (laughs) So guys... Listen, I know how much you love um, not having ads, or at least some of you have thanked me for that. And I would love for that to continue. But in order for that to do so and to make up for some um, financial obstacles that I chose to put myself in, um, would really appreciate, which we're not, I'll talk about it next week. Um, <laughs> we're running low on time. I would so appreciate if you sent me a Venmo of a single dollar in the name of your favorite housewife. And after you've done that, which I so appreciate, Andy's Girls is free. We've been doing it for 700 years. Um, 600 of those are this evening. I <laughs> would so appreciate it and it would be great. And also, while you're doing great things, subscribe to I, um, Andy's Girls on iTunes. Write a five-star review. Um, talk about how much you love the show. If you have feedback for me, always love it. Slide into my DMs with any feedback. Follow Damien on Instagram and, and Twitter at Damien Bellino. Listen to You Might Know Her From, Damien's new um, podcast with Ann Rodman. Follow me on Twitter at Sarah Galley. Slide into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley. And Damien, this was such a pleasure. Anything I have missed aside from giving me dollars. No, baby, I don't think love. so. Guys, it was such a pleasure. The longest episode of all time. And I feel like so many more conversations to be had. What are your thoughts on New York? Give me all of your money in single dollars or multiples. Um, I will take a 20 here and there. And I hope you guys enjoyed this um, episode as much as we did. Uh, We will keep you with you soon. Have a great rest of your day. Live on the Ramona Coaster. It's um, quite a ride. And so is this. Bye, guys. Bye.